welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 258 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, I'm excited to be back with a brand new cast. And the topic for this week's show is setting a foundation for your own joy-filled life. As you probably know, my word for the year of 2020 has been foundation, which has been kind of an interesting word to be sitting with for this pandemic and looking at ways that it has brought everything that we know down to its foundation and given us this strange opportunity to reconsider all the things that we thought we knew, but we've been given a chance now to look at them again in a, in a new way. And so I'm excited to revisit this topic of foundations of joyful living because I think I've talked about some of this stuff in the past, but one, I feel like it's a really great reminder right now for so many people who are having a hard time finding joy or finding space for joy in their lives. And I also think it's a really good reminder because I feel like everything has been changed and shaken to its foundation and old things have become new. So I'm excited to get to the topic with you. If you're new here, a uh, very warm welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. It's a weekly podcast that's been around since 2015, and I'm very delighted to have you here. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to find out more about this show or about me, you can head over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And while you're there, you will find show notes which is just the fancy term that podcasters like to call a blog post (laughs) where we share all the information that we have talked about in our podcast. We give you links and other kind of notes to follow along with. So if you're driving or walking or just out doing some gardening, you don't have to take notes and you can find them there on the website, jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash joy filled living is your link. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for my three joyful things newsletter, which comes out mostly on Thursdays, along with the show itself. And it gives you a little nudge like, hey, there's a new podcast episode up over at Jumpstart Your Joy. And it also gives you some of the behind the scenes thinking that I have around each topic, or maybe something that's just come up for me. And we're we're around in the corner here on season five. We uh, just have a few more episodes to go. Next week, I'm really excited to have Tammy Hackbarth on. She is a self-care expert, and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk to her about homeschooling or you know having kids home for school and uh, all about what you can do during the pandemic to take better care of yourself and, and protect whatever precious self-care practices you have in place or establish some new ones. And then after that, we get into the finale. Always fun, always exciting. So this week, the foundations of your joy-filled life, I'm going to be looking at six different things and let's get started. So how do we take a look at making our lives joy-filled? And this, of course, has been a topic that I've addressed before on the show, long before the pandemic hit. And I find myself thinking about new things and also getting asked on other podcasts or I've been a guest, you could check out Steady She Grows, which I've been on recently, and I'll be on 40 Minutes of Faith in just a a little bit. But people are asking me, how do we find joy in difficult times? And one of the things, this is the first one that I also feel is the foundation of your own joyful life, is one of the first steps is 
reacquainting yourself with what has brought you joy in the past. You probably recognize that one of the first questions that I ask every guest when they come on is, what did you enjoy most as a child? What were your earliest sparks of joy, which interestingly, I formed before Marie Kondo's book um, came out. And I use the phrase sparks of joy, because I think that's what joy is. There's a spark of it. I, I also call it a wayfinding emotion. So we kind of set our sights on this idea of joy. And we're not always in the space of joy, right? It's kind of not sustainable. But when we're looking for ways to find more of it in our lives, I really think looking back on the things that have brought you joy before, thinking about your earliest sparks of joy is a really great place to start. You could also do a version of an exercise that I did once at a retreat, which was thinking about the top five things that brought you joy in each different section of your life. So you might think about when you were a child, when you were in grade school, then you might move into high school and maybe separately college, and then maybe young adult, and depending on how old you are right now, maybe more recent? What are what are the things that stood out for you that were especially joyful? You might see some patterns in that. And I'm betting if you're like the guests that have been on this show, you probably somewhere in there would list what I've come to find is the top five joyful things that people experienced as a child, which are generally nature, hanging out with friends, doing something creative, playing with pets, and reading. So if you need a jump starting place, there's five ideas, each of which more or less has something that is applicable right now, whether you're still in a shelter in place or a quarantine situation or not, you could definitely find a current version of those things in your everyday life. And I encourage you to think about it. So that's the first thing is reacquainting yourself with what brought you joy in the past. The second thing that I see and this last season has been so much about finding ways to what, to what I've started to call play small. And that means really sinking into the smaller joyful moments that you experience every day, taking notice of them and letting yourself feel the emotion of happiness or gratitude or amazement or wonder. They're all very similarly aligned to joy. And I think when you allow yourself to take in those tiny moments, like maybe you notice a breeze when you're outside, or you notice a bird singing, and you haven't noticed that sound before recently, or you notice, you know, your friend smiling, whether that be in person or on Zoom, and, and you think, and you think to yourself, what a wonderful world. <laughs> and I think we see these moments, an interesting time during the pandemic to also start to take notice of these things, because I think so often, we are drawn to the bright, shiny object that we feel like will bring us joy. And if you know me, I, I really do love all things Disney. So this is an interesting observation from that standpoint is right now we're in a place where so many of those things that were obvious go-tos for us all are either closed or not possible or maybe aren't even going on right now. And, and by that, I mean, amusement parks are closed. We can't go to movie theaters or restaurants for the most part. And there aren't even really any new movies or new TV shows that are coming out right now. And those might be some of those easy go-tos or defaults that you have when you're like, hey, I've had a long day. I just want to sit down and be entertained. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's it's important and we enjoy it and it's built into the fabric of our society. But when we see those things pulled away as an easy go-to for a pick-me-up or a little spark of joy, 
we start to give ourselves that space to start to notice what else brings me joy. And, and I think that really that plays into the playing small piece. When we can't go to those really big default big things, then what starts to stand out as smaller, more intimate or nuanced joys that were there all along, but because we're so used to going to the bright, shiny thing to find joy or find happiness, or even just find respite from a long day, what happens when we start to notice the things around us that have been here all along? And what happens when we come out of a pandemic? Because goodness, we're going to. Can we keep and hold some of those things dear? And so that's the second thing, is how do we notice the small things? Now that there's the absence of the bigger stuff, how do we start to notice the small things and let them bring us joy as a foundation? Because they were there before, they'll be here after the pandemic is over, and they're here right now. The third thing is what I started to call the bed-in-a-bag version of joy. Now, stick with me for a minute because that sounds kind of silly, but it ties really closely into mainstream entertainment ideas and the idea of a bed-in-a-bag, which you probably know what I'm talking about. If you go to Target or any other department store, you'll see what they call a bed in a bag. You, you get a comforter and some sheets that match and maybe a sham and some pillows and your your bed's ready to go. You didn't have to think about it. It's probably colors that match your room and it's really nice to get it home and then your, your room kind of looks like a hotel magically. I think often, if we can take that analogy and apply it, I think oftentimes we are looking for the bed in a bag version of joy, which means we show up Joy is provided and we feel great. We didn't have to work for it. And and I think some of those things would be the done for you version of joy would be something like going to going on a cruise or going on a planned vacation or going to Disneyland where you can pre-purchase a package that is fun and enjoyable and thought out and you can show up and you can just enjoy it. Similar to you bringing home your bed in a bag and you put it out and you enjoy it. I think right now, of course, many of those prepackaged, done for you type entertainment plans are really not even possible or not possible in the full extent that maybe they would be or would be before or during the pandemic. If you can start to look at the ways that you are looking for your bed in the bag version of joy. And you think about, if I didn't have that prepackaged version to go enjoy, how would I craft my own homegrown version of joy? You know, if I know that I love going to Disneyland and there's all the food that I want to eat and so many fun things to do, like what can I do in a modern way that, that would make that possible here and now? And what is at the heart? What's the value What's the core value, not the monetary value, but what's the core value of what I love about going to Disneyland? And you could pick any of your favorite places, any place that you're going that's kind of a prepackaged, joy is built in, you know you're going to get it there. And I think obviously one of the values would be joy, but there's probably something else about it at the heart of that thing that you really love. And maybe it's that it's easy. Well, what could you do that would feel easy right now? What could you do that... I know some of the times when I'm in those kinds of scenarios, I feel like I am well cared for. What could I do right now that would feel well cared for, but isn't in the bed in the bag version of joy? So I think that's a really interesting one to think about is 
if you strip away the entertainment that we often are being sold or introduced and we look at the things that we can enjoy right now, what does that look like? Number four is pretty simple. And it, it's just very bare bones idea of when we're looking to live a life of joyful living, it's probably just re the rephrasing of one of the things that's at the heart of all of these ideas, but that's joy is in all moments. If we just look for it, if we just slow down and notice it, joy is there. That might not be possible or that might not be true in some of the really hard moments. You might find joy if you look really hard. But I get that there's some things in life that just don't seem to have that, that joy, and that's fine. But when we start to look for it and we start to attune ourselves to looking for joy and expecting that it will show up and knowing that it's there and knowing that it's possible, then our eyes do start to see it more often than not. And I think joy really is an inside job, meaning once we start to attune to it, it flows forth more easily and more freely. And not only do we see more of it, but we give more of it. Number five of how to build the foundations of joy-filled living. While I've just said that joy is in everything, I also think in addition to having that as, as a thought and an idea to play around with, there's another idea. And that is that we have to start building in time for joy or time for happiness or time for a hobby. You could find maybe one of these words fits better for you than others. What I've noticed from having a lot of time at home and having an entire family in the same house for now five months almost is that it's really easy to get caught up in the momentum of the day. And that could either be the lull of doing not a lot or it could be the kind of vibration of we have to get it all done. We have to clean out the entire backyard. We have to you know what I mean? Like redo the every entire room. There could be getting caught up in whatever the pace of the day is. And then before you know it, a week has gone by or it's two o'clock in the morning and you're not really sure what you've done with all the time. So my recommendation and my observation about joy is that we do have to make time for it and that it's really healthy and important to purposefully make time for it. Because I know another thing that happens to me, especially in the space of being an entrepreneur, maybe more so than others, is that there's also a very strong, what I would call a Protestant work ethic that <laughs> comes up through my family and probably through a lot of capitalist societies. And that is just the underlining idea, whether or not you're Protestant. And the idea is this, that hard work, discipline, and frugality are the things and the makers that make you a good person and that will bring you monetary reward. And so I think a lot of us, especially in the entrepreneurial space, but oftentimes in a nine to five have this idea ingrained in us that if we work hard and we are very disciplined and we are very frugal, that then in time, all of these, these qualities and these traits will pay off in a big way for us. Now, I don't think that any of those three things necessarily have a main line to joy, which is interesting because I don't know that the Protestant work ethic is actually aligned to having joy at all because it's putting these other three things in really high value. And it's very hard to have those three things and also have space for joy. So while there's nothing wrong with hard work or determination or frugality, don't get me wrong, I think clinging to those things really tightly often causes us to push aside our own happiness because hard work, frugality, and dedication have been prioritized over 
our emotional well-being and over us being joyful people. And so I think to kind of put that at bay and to say, no, I'm, I'm going to take control of my own emotional well-being and I'm going to lay the foundation for a joy-filled life, it's important to, to then set aside time. Because if we let it, or at least if I let it, play out, I'm gonna, like I've said, it, it'll be the end of the week, it'll be 2 a.m., and I will have worked my finger to the bone, and I won't have a ton to show for it unless I stop and slow down, spend some time thoughtfully with my family, make some room to read a book or play a game that I like to play. It's when we build in that space for joy that then joy becomes possible in our life. Even if it is that we're just slowing down purposefully, making time to slow down so that we can notice the joyful things, that's the same thing. Scheduling it in, making a purposeful aligned effort to do it, and noticing joy as it shows up. And then number six, which goes directly hand in hand with scheduling in that time for joy and questioning if hard work, determination, and frugality are really the principles by which you want to build your life is allowing your goodness and worth to stand up on their own. And to really know and start to embrace that your goodness and your worth and your joy and your happiness and your right to be here and your right to take up space and your right to do your own thing is all permitted just by the fact that you're here. And this feels revolutionary to so many of us in so many ways because so many of us were brought up with this idea that our goodness or our worth or our right to take up space or our right to speak our own mind is predicated by showing that we are worthy in some way. I want to pull that apart hardcore because your worth is not based on your productivity and your worth is not based on whether you worked really hard and you were determined and you saved. You are worthy whether or not you do all of those things. And that's this last piece of this, how do you lay the foundation of a joy-filled life, is to start to embrace that idea that you can have joy without having the hard work. You can have joy without playing by what my friend Liz Applegate calls the good girl rules. You can have joy by being your own person. Because goodness and your goodness is not directly tied or dependent on how much you do or what you have accomplished this is like another just kind of loaded spiritual idea that we are rewarded if we work hard. And then the second piece of that is that material wealth is the proof of this reward. And you can see how those two things start to play on each other in a really evil way. Where we are rewarded if we work hard. And then the reward is monetary gain. And then we're rewarded and it just circles on itself. I mean, that's that's the gear of capitalism at work. And so it's also a huge gotcha, right? And once it gets in your head and it starts to play around with you, it's very, very hard to find joy in those two things. Now, there's some exceptions, of course. If it's hard work that you love doing, well, maybe there's some joy in that. But I think so often we get caught up in, I need to prove my goodness and I need to prove my worth. And the only way that I can see to do that, as is outlined in this society, is work hard and then you get monetary gain as a reward. So questioning that thing, that the material gains 
and the hard work are the proof of either your worthiness or your goodness. And when we can start to question those things and pull it apart, it gives us a much stronger foundation to start to build a life that that has room for joy. The interesting thing here is that then once we started to question that cycle that feeds on itself of you work hard and you get monetary gains, so you work harder and you get more monetary gains as a proof of your goodness or your worth, the thing is we can start to break that down. And we can start to create a foundation of a life that is filled with more joy once we have this inherent and built-in and embraced belief that we are worthy of joy and we are good enough, whether or not we have the outward markers of that success. And so once we can start to embody that, we can build an even stronger foundation. And so it's interesting, as I was starting to write these six things out, I could see that once we've gone through the first five, we get to the sixth one that says you are inherently worthy and you are inherently good and you don't need to question that. Well, once we start to sink into that even more, then the first five become even more possible. So I can see this feeding on itself. Once you know your worth and your goodness is not dependent on anything else, then you can sink even further into the things that have brought you joy since you were a younger person and that you then have more capacity to notice the small things that come into your life and recognize that they are joyful, that you don't have to rely on those bed-in-a-bag joy moments, but you can start to create your own because you become more deeply ingrained and in tune with the things that bring you joy and start to see them in the smaller moments if you look for it. And then lastly, you have more confidence to continue to build time into your day and further follow the thing that brings you joy. And maybe that then leads to your entrepreneurial dreams coming true or feeds into your life in a new way or lets you step out in new bold ways. But I think once you've started to break this down and embrace each of these six steps, then they continue to feed on themselves as you move forward. And isn't that really the goal is to move forward and have this really joyful life that has a joyful foundation and where you're finding the markers of joy throughout your day, your eyes are wide open for them and you are ready to receive them and embrace them. And uh, that just kind of becomes more of the natural way that you move about the world. And that's, that's what I want. And that's what I want for you guys too. So thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope you'll come on back next week for Tammy Hackbarth and then return for the season five finale. I cannot believe we are there. (laughs) So thanks so much for tuning in this week. And And until next week, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website. You'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including the inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.